Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey Hustlers, we know that this 2024, the entrepreneurial journey is filled with challenges. An often overlooked aspect is the time-consuming task of processing payroll and managing government requirements. And did you know that the average admin spends a whopping 50 hours per month dealing with just government compliance? That's time you could be spending on growing your business, or let's be honest, taking a well-deserved break. But fear not, we got a game changer for you. Introducing Sprout Solutions and their tailored solutions for MSMEs called the Payroll Starter. With Sprout Solutions Payroll Starter, you can finally reclaim your time and get your life back on track. Say goodbye to the stress of remembering tax dates or worrying about missed payroll runs. This bundle is designed to make your life easier and your business more efficient. And here's the best part. The cost starts just at 5,000 pesos per month for businesses with up to 10 employees. Yep, you heard that right. That's just 5,000 pesos per month. So why spend another minute drowning in payroll paperwork when Sprout can revolutionize the way you manage your payroll and government requirements? Take the first step towards a more efficient business today. Visit sprout.ph slash payroll starter monthly 5k. If you missed that, don't worry. We have it in the description box of this episode. So click that too. And again, big shout out to Sprout Solutions because your time is too valuable to be spent on paperwork. Reclaim it with their payroll starter. Now let's begin this episode. The Hustle Share podcast is brought to you by Sendit Philippines. Sendit is the leading payment gateway in the Philippines. Allow your business to accept payments seamlessly from cards, e-wallets, retail outlets, and local banks. For more information, visit sendit.co. Also powered by PDAX. PDAX is a homegrown cryptocurrency exchange that offers the best rates among local cryptocurrency exchanges. Download the PDAX app now on the Google Play Store, App Store, or Huawei App Gallery. Start trading Bitcoin, Ethereum, and other cryptocurrencies for as low as 50 pesos by signing up on podlink.co slash hustlesharepdax. Also by Podmetrics, the easiest way to monetize your podcast. Sign up now at podmetrics.co for free and use the code HUSTLESHARE. Even if we're at the pace right now that anyone can start an e-commerce shop, sustaining it and managing it over a long period of time, dealing with a pandemic, dealing with failures, anything at all. That's something that you can you will only learn via experience. Welcome to Hustle Share, the podcast that features the daily grinds of unique hustlers around the world to show not our differences, but that our hustles are very much alike. Now here's your host, Ron Sturbetyong. Welcome to the latest episode of the Hustle Share Podcast. I'm super excited because it's that time of the year again. It is not Christmas yet. Right, but this week, y'all know what it is. Unfortunately, I cannot be physically and be as active as I normally am. But this week, when this comes out, it's a Philippine Startup Week. 
and just so happened to be the week where I get married. So I'm sorry, Philippine startup ecosystem. You will not have Ranster Bit Young doing all of this shenanigans, but I'll be there in spirit. But this is our contribution because today we have an amazing, amazing VC that will just blow our minds up with what he's going to tell us of how fast we grew exactly at least the past 12 months over the pandemic. But before I get carried away, let's go and welcome our guest from Gobi Core Fund or Gobi Core VC, of course. It's Mr. Carlo Delantar. Welcome to the show, Carlo. Thanks, Ron. Appreciate right. it. Thanks for super having me. Super hype again. Because you gave me a heads up of what's coming up. And I am super stoked. But before we get carried away, I need to ask you the million-dollar question. Carlo, what's your hustle? Great question. Uh, I've been wanting to, to to be part of this podcast for a while already. So thanks for having your me. Your turn. Not the perfect timing, pa. Oh, there you go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. Uh, what's my hustle? Well, I come from a family of manufacturers, born and raised in the Philippines. Uh, my family has always been. Uh, we we've been exporting furniture for a long time, and that gave me a lot of ideas. Of you know, I studied college in in the U.S. And being independent there, uh, realized there's so many things that we could actually bring back to the Philippines. So uh, I made it a point to actually come back to the Philippines and see what I can do here. Yep. Um, so uh, when I came back, uh, I realized that um, we're definitely uh, way steep from where uh, America is. And yeah. where, where I wanted to focus on was to figure out what I loved best. And it was really social impact. Yeah. So if, uh, I made a few uh, uh, social enterprises, three. One uh, being known for Waves for Water, starting it here in the Philippines. Yep. And that was during Typhoon Yolanda. Wow. And when I started that here, well, I met the founder. That was 2013 in Cebu. The first thing I said, if we were going to make this nonprofit for Filipinos by Filipinos, uh, I need to think sustainably. So that brought me to Manila. So I uh, ran that for over uh, 78 years. But wow. while that was happening, I realized that the beauty of technology, like Slack for communications was definitely yep. a game changer for, for us. Um, all the way to things just like Canva for nonprofit is a great mm-hmm. way to just market. Shout out to, to, to Canva for giving that for, for everyone in the nonprofit scene. Right. And um, yeah, I think, Around 2017, um, Ken, who's my mentor ever since I joined, mm-hmm. um, went, joined JCI, which is like an active citizen, uh, mm-hmm. social um, civil service organization. And mm-hmm. that's where I realized that, hey, maybe there's, there are other things I can actually do with regards to social impact. So uh, with Ken and his close friend, Jason Gaisano, we, we started talking about what could be the next thing for the Philippines. Uh, at first, the joke was, maybe let's make the next potato corner or the next manginasal. <laughs> it's been a while since we had a, a Cebu born and raised uh, entrepreneur that's been through a lot and actually stood ground. And yeah, that was the joke. And then Jason um, came in and uh, said, we need to do something. And that's how we ended up um, meeting Toby. And I guess it's a different uh, story. Okay, now let's track back a little bit and i like that you already 
set the precedent of how we're going to do this because we're going to have to ride the Hustle Share Time Machine. All right. So again, you gave us a nice outline of what the, what the journey has been, but I need... I can't let you just get away with that. I need to deep dive. That's what we do in this show, right? So we need to understand because again, coming from a family of entrepreneurs, of manufacturers, I think my mom even worked with one of your kin, Sol, if I'm not mistaken. I remember growing up. So my mom used to work in Ayala Foundation and uh, Sol ran AYLC or Children's Hour. I forget. Yeah. She was, she was her, her boss. And she brought, brought home this nice base looking things like what is this made of why is this so light i remember playing around with it for a long time and again i just remember yes she was a delantar but from learning that from your family what and then i've I've had so many guests here that had uh entrepreneurial families into this what were those early you know um hustles or early learnings that you were exposed to uh, that you still bring with you today? Oh, a great question. Brings me back. I mean, we're already in time machine. We might as well go back, back in time. Yes. Um, it's, it's, it's crazy because uh, I, I definitely do agree that you know, those are moments like that really shape who you are. So uh, a few things that still ring in my head was um, when I was a kid, majority of the time, my parents wouldn't be in the Philippines because they were literally hustling there to make go. ends meet, right? And, mm-hmm. you know, they came from nothing. So knowing that, it was definitely seeing the drastic changes from, mm-hmm. you know, from, from staying with our lolas in their, own, in their house and then mm-hmm. buying their own home. And yeah. I still remember clearly, I, I still remember when um, we opened the fridge and there was no food for like five days. Oh wow! And for for a while, I, I thought, okay, something's wrong, but we didn't really it didn't really matter because we were kids, right? You would expect mm-hmm. food to be there. Yeah. Um, and then I, of course, parents being parents, they wouldn't want to tell you that you know something's yeah. happening because they want to protect them. So it was only until like maybe I I, I became a teenager I realized the gravity of it. Um, so basically, wow. um, near bankruptcy, maybe maybe three to four times during that mm-hmm. time. And this is like the pre-2000 uh, economic, uh, economic crash. Oh, wow. Okay. So that was one. Uh, the second one was uh, my, my mom and dad, they really believe that in order to succeed, you need to appreciate, suffer, and yes. go through the experience of hardship because that's the only way for you to, you know, don't take things uh, for granted. So still remember... Um, if I wanted something, they would always tell me, if you want something, work hard for it. So um, I think I was five or six years old. I wanted to buy a Digimon. Wow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I think it was like five. Carbon dates you a little bit, but okay. Because people now are all, the, the rave is all about uh, Axie. But it's like, yeah. man, we had this shit. We just didn't. We just didn't have play to earn back. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's close. Yeah, they, they, Patamon actually looks like an Axie. Yep. Um, but um, she told me, if you want something, work hard, work for it. And I asked her, how do I work for it? So she brought me to the factory and literally told me, okay, here are all the foldable chairs. Okay. They're all rusted up. Go to the, uh, 
go to the painting sec- section, ask for gray paint, and brush all of that. Wow. On that day, I made uh, 50, and I was so happy. And then the <laughs> next time, the next thing I said, okay, I still need 450. What do I do? So um, with that, like I, I spent the whole two weeks, and that was until now. I mean, I still remember it was a patamon. You open it up, comes out uh, Angermon. Um, but that was definitely a memorable experience. Uh, and then I guess lastly would be um, the aspects of you know um, where you come from and how you know your roots really dictate how you deal with people, right? So we were really taught, you know, don't take things for granted, and also the people that have been with you always treat them with respect because without them you wouldn't be here. And you have to acknowledge that it's it's always a teamwork makes the dream work. No, so yeah, absolutely. I would say those three things. Yeah. And that's great. And again, that that those are indelible marks that you're gonna take in from where you are. And I, I want to understand because you again you studied college in the States of Fresno City College. Fresno, California, again, that's near the in, right in between LA and the Bay Bay. There you go. Um and again, you get breath, kind of bet, best of both worlds because you're right in right smack in the middle, right? Yeah. Um but what was that like? Because again, um, a lot of the people that are making waves now are Filipinos that are, again, born and raised, had the exposure overseas, came back with a totally different mindset. What was the hustle when you were the one studying out, of, out abroad and everything was, again, this is a fish out of water experience? What was that like? Oh, yeah. So, I, again, back to, I think, uh, a very uh, consistent uh, subject topic here would be uh, my parents because, yeah. you know, they, they didn't want us, they wanted the best for uh, the children, right? Mm-hmm. So um, one of the things was uh, the best way to maximize our experience in our youth was actually uh, uh, go, go for the stars. So we were, uh, we were fortunate enough to study abroad. And the goal was to find, you know, the most competitive uh, careers that could put us or set us up. For me, that was uh, food technology. Yep. So now it's just, Mm -hmm. yeah, now it's just technology. We're working without food, but I still love food. (laughs) Um, But we, we had a, it was a very interesting time because we, I moved there at the height of the financial crisis, it was 09. Mm. That was summer. Um, we, we, we had a place in Vegas and then I moved to Fresno because there was a specific program I wanted to, to, to join in. So I lived alone. Um, but because of the visa issue, we, we came in with an uh, investor's tra- tra- traders visa. So that allows the dependents. I, I, I went to college, they're 16, which is there, it's 18, right? Yeah, yeah. So they um as dependents, um, we can't uh we can't work, we can only study and that's it. So uh we were fortunate enough they gave us allowance, but we had to work with that allowance and that's it. Right. So meet. Yeah, and very so, American dream too. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah, but it was it was such a good boot camp for me because I realized you know you're on your own, you have to understand the system for you to debate what's right for you and how you can tackle that can really mold what your world could be. So I think those were really interesting 
conversations uh, or at least like experiences. Mm-hmm. And when it comes to where that whole experience brought me back, I guess coming back to the Philippines yep. after that, um, I still remember uh, clearly um, came back, flew straight to Cebu. Uh, first had dinner with family. Okay. Which literally at, okay. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> this is at home. Go, this is at home. Okay, cool, cool. at home, yeah. Um, Good old home home cooking. There you go. Exactly. It was evening. Um, we were eating. And of course, uh, when you're when when you're when I was still in the States, you would take care of everything, wash the dishes and everything. Literally, I, I brought my plate, went straight to the sink, and literally the house helped slap my wrist and told me, <laughs> What are you doing? And that was sort of like a, a metaphoric. Uh, yeah. way of saying welcome back to the Philippines right uh-huh. and that made me uh, realize oh I'm back but I don't want to lose that yeah. drive because that would completely defeat the purpose of going there exactly. so with that that really gave me a journey of like okay what do I want to do and that sort of became a different uh, journey mm-hmm. as well that's amazing now all of that mindset you're now independent it's hardwired in you Right, and you you kind of walked us along. You uh, you co-founded a couple of startups. We'll jump jump across with uh, that a little bit, and I want to zero in on a couple of things that uh, that are here that you've done because it's very very uh, interesting. Because aside from obviously helping the startup ecosystem, right, um, you're also very much uh, involved with making sure that uh, about, I mean, we, we do the right stuff for the environment. Waves for Water is there. And then, um, you know, you've been doing this for a while. That's a constant that I've been seeing. But what's your experience like going into the tech side of things and really diving deep into that? And what was it like when you start coming in? Just 2013, 2014, 2015. I, I consider that as like, the false start ages. I saw. I say it false start ages because there were some deals happening. A lot of us, because I came from that era, did something. We all fizzled out or died, <laughs> and a lot of my peers are no longer doing the stuff that they were doing or just going back to corporate. And again, it's sad, but I think they they they'd eventually come back. What was that like for your experience? Uh, yeah, that's a great question. Um, in in retrospect. Um, I've always admired startups. It, it was this whole conversation about what am I going to do with my life? The first thing was, I just don't want to work in a, in a company for the sake of making ends meet. Yeah. Um, also, I wanted to control a culture. I didn't, I didn't even know what a culture was during that time. I didn't understand what branding was like. But um, one of the best books until now, I still read i call I, I consider it one of my bibles there you go um it's called the uh, let my people go surfing by yvonne Chouinard. okay we'll put that he's in the, the show notes if you want to check it out okay go yeah he's, he's the founder of patagonia and oh yeah he's he's, he's definitely and it, it's funny one of his best quotes is if you want to learn how to run a business or if you want to be an entrepreneur okay. study study a delinquent <laughs> because a delinquent will always find ways to make things work and when you understand that thinking you get really creative and gritty 
and that really stuck to me um, because you know I wasn't I was I'm, I've always been madiskarte I've always gritty I'm stubborn I, I yep. find ways I can't sleep if I don't Did you get do. in trouble a lot too Dude, I was a hoodlum when I was in high school. Yeah, <laughs> Same yeah. energy, my man. Yeah, I was yeah. the class bully and class clown. Okay. So. Yeah. And and now, actually during high school, um, a lot of my entrepreneurial side, and I think you'd like you'd like the story is yeah. um um I sold Sun Cellular SIM cards when only oh, wow. only calls. Yep. I sold vanity cards and I made so much cash from that. It was. I almost got expelled for 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 doing that because wow. it's not allowed. It's in the handbook. Yep. The second one is because uh, we 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 both love hip hop. Um, yep. I I before distribution came here for it. I sold Rockaware, Echo Unlimited. Oh, are you Sanjan. serious? Yeah, dude. Uh, even oh, like G Unit sneak sneakers. I still remember yep. when the game had one. And yeah, that that sort <laughs> of it, it really like fueled you know with. Okay, I, I like I like hustling that way, but also moving forward, I realized like a lot of my values growing up with the family. Yeah. I said, how can I work with that? And that book, uh, let my people go surfing, really told me, okay, yes. you can create your own culture. You can yep. uh, dictate how you want to build your your business and model. And then, as long as you understand your market, then you can do things. And with that, I started um, trying it out with Waves for Water as a nonprofit, though. Wow. But so it was also a challenge because as a nonprofit, we're only donation based, but we're now PCNC accredited, which is like only less than 500 uh, wow. nonprofits in the Philippines that could provide donations. So for me, that's a legacy already, but yeah. that was a testing ground for me to actually see where I can go with technology. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Now, again, walk us through again, how you got into the tech side of things, because that's again, if you're paying it forward uh, through for the environment, wastewater, amazing job. You're kind of doing a similar hustle, but you're powering startups now. But what was that experience like coming into a startup ecosystem who was very much in nascency or infancy yeah. uh, when you came in? Woo! Uh, geeks on a beach. There you go. <laughs> Which one? Circa, uh, circa Bohol. Actually, circa oh, Bohol. Bohol. Okay. Bohol, yeah, circa Bohol. Um, but mm-hmm. I've I've known Cebu. I I was surprised that Geeks on the Beach was actually started by Cebuanos at the very beginning. Yeah, shout out Tina Amper, wherever yeah. you are now. Mm-hmm. Hi Tina, hi Albert. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's sort of um. It, I thought it was like it was really cool. Like okay, tech is being being talked about. I w- I just want to be part. I was a wallflower for a long time because of geek. So I was invited, asked ways for water. I had a, I stood out because who was a, a nonprofit using tech as a way to actually garner donations yeah. and profitable to an extent to be sustainable. And so with that, I'm like, oh, Geeks on the Beach is really cool. I met Kylie yeah. Nang in, in Bohol. Yep. I brought him to Aperia with the now wife, see Eliza. It was fun. It was fun. Yep. And um, from there, um, I got really enthralled, like something's happening, but um, I don't know what yet. I can't find my fingers, but something's happening. So parang, from that, um, again, I, I talked to Ken and then Ken told me about Jason. Jason Gaisano was working in New York. He was part of a private equity boutique firm. Wow. And I, uh, we were talking about ideas and that really brought us to the question of maybe something to do in the Philippines. So mm-hmm. that... Uh, 
uh, that connection, Jason, Ken, and I were all Cebuanos. Um, we said, maybe let's do something. So again, the, the plan was just to create a new business because okay. you know Ken has uh, he's built his own hotels. He has his own um, uh, housing company, yep. construction. Jason, of course, part of the Gaisano group. He's built his own merits as well. And then for me, we were just thinking, okay, what do we do? And uh, Jason's former boss was the roommate of Palm Tau. Oh. That's where the connection came in, where Gobi and Core Capital met when Tom invited us, not knowing he was going to show us the tech ecosystem. But okay. he just said, give us two days of your time. Uh, we want to understand what's happening in the Philippines, but we also want to show you what we're doing. Makes a and, lot of sense. Yeah, that's, that, and so going back to your question, why now? Um, well, going back to what I truly believe in, what's the social impact, is in the Philippines, this is the only time um, that what we truly do directly impacts our family our staff and their family directly. There's no different layers. And and it felt like that was powerful. So thinking of that in the nonprofit way, I said, how can I amplify my impact? Technology seems to be that way, but at the same time thinking, what if we end up supporting the technology that's coming out of the ecosystem? Mm-hmm. Does that defeat the purpose or does it actually amplify what I uh, truly believe in? And that's yeah. sort of been my guiding light. All right. That's amazing. Now let's take our first break. And when we come back, let's now talk about what you exactly do and what type of startups do you guys uh, invest in, in Gobi Core. And of course, you're special for our startup, Philippine Startup Week. We'll talk about that more after the break. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey guys, I have a very, very exciting opportunity I want to share with you guys. If you're a B2B startup founder, listen up. Your ticket to growth is here. Introducing Impact 24, the Philippines' largest B2B SaaS challenge. Calling all startups in their pre-launch, pre-seed, or seed stages. This is your chance to accelerate their growth. Submit your pitch to Impact 24 and get ready for a 10-week intensive program to elevate your solution. What's in it for you? How about up to 500,000 pesos in MVP project support, exclusive credits from industry partners, personalized mentoring, and a shot to pitch 
at SASConPH, the country's biggest SAS conference this April. But yo, you gotta hurry up because submissions close on January 26, 2024 already. Don't miss out on this opportunity to take your startup to new heights. Apply now at sasschallenge.ph. That's sasschallenge.ph. And good luck and I'll see you guys in Impact 24. And we're back from the break. We're still with Carlo Delantar again of Gobi Core. All right. And I'll just ask this as an idiot that I am, you know, because um, I'm, I'm, I'm a little confused. Is it Core Capital? Is it Gobi Core? Is it Gobi Partners? What's the structure and what's the right term and etymology, I guess, of, of the fund? That's a great question. So I'll start with the first part, which is Core Capital. So Core Capital is a truly local, independent venture capital firm in the Philippines. Got it. So that's Jason, Ken, and I. And then Gobi Partners is uh, the Pan-Asian regional VC with over a billion dollars worth of assets under management. We have close to 20 unicorns. Wow. And the way it worked, because we met Tom 2017, right? We met Tom Chow. We were blown away what was happening. We saw Parsum during that time. They were still starting. And now they're a unicorn. Fast forward 40 years. Yep. We got to thinking, maybe there's something in, in tech. We were blown away. I wasn't blown away as much as Ken and Jason were because I was already a wallflower in the tech ecosystem. Okay. We knew it was going to happen in real time. So fast forward to 2018, um, Tom and Mock uh, wanted mm. to come to the Philippines. So we showed them around met with all the ecosystem uh, enablers, yep. met with the startups, and they told us, let's work together. Let's let's build a fund for Filipinos mm-hmm. by Filipinos. And wow. then we created this joint venture partnership uh, called the GobiCore Philippine Fund, Got it. mainly to focus on the strategy. And this is a strategy always with Gobi is to partner up with a local office mm-hmm to really focus on injecting the needed capital to support the ecosystem. So we do check sizes from pre-seed all the way to series A. And then if they want to grow regional, which is a very important metric for us, Mm -hmm. is that's where the regional funds come in. We have the Hong Kong, we have the Malaysian one, we have the Singapore one. That way we see the whole ASEAN as its own continent or a block, right? And we're already seeing that now. So that's sort of like a, a fun fact for everyone. And again, you've been doing and you've been backing just, just you know, just a few very, very, very good uh, uh, startups that are pretty much well underway to unicorn ship. So just, let's just give a shout out to the, the, the portfolio again, to our best BFFs, our investor also, Kumu, shout out to just raise Series C. You've done Tier 1 Entertainment. We've had the chance also... Uh, Interview here last year, Trike uh, Gutierrez, Educacion, of course, Maria Health, and of course, your latest investment, the queen of nightlife, or the former queen of nightlife, uh, Kim Yao. So I know Kim because of my first hustle. She runs the world of uh, the nightlife. She runs all these things. And of course, that's Cloud Eats, who just raised $5 million for their Series A. Now, there's an underlying Con, uh, concept here and these are these startups are all driven by amazing founders 
But what do you guys look for in the startups that you you invest in? Because everybody, yeah, so a startup can say, yeah, we're playing regional. But if they can back it up, if they don't have the traction, and if they're not right in the sweet spot of where go, core capital and go be core can actually add value, then it's not a fit. What do you guys look for in those types of startups and founders that you write checks for? Yeah, as of the as of this recording, I, I guess you could say that Kim Yao is the most funded Filipina in absolutely in, in the Philippines not even right close. Now. Yeah, but that Congrats, girl's Kim. hustle has been there ever since. Ever since, yeah. Oh my god, right? So Kim, if you're listening to this, I've been trying. I've never worked so hard to try to get someone on the show. I think I've asked her five times, and she said, "We'll wait." <laughs> I, I let her know. I let her know. Right. We'll make it happen. Mm. Okay. <laughs> um. But but yeah. Um. Uh. Going to going to your question. Um. When this comes out, we'll have, uh, we'll have our seven, uh, startup that's gonna what? pop out. Okay. Let's see. Yeah. Let's see. All right. Yeah. But um, what's interesting with that question is, we realize that there's actually an abundance of funding regionally. Yeah. Um. In the Philippines, there is. However, you know. Run, you go way back with the ecosystem. Um, there's, there's definitely a, a lot that fizzled out. Unfortunately, it was just yep. timing in the situation. But now we could, we'll talk about the post-pandemic situation. But um, where we see the Philippines in terms of our thesis is it's still growing. And the, uh, there's a lot of factors that are sort of a chicken-egg situation. We're talking yeah. about policy. We're talking about infrastructure. We're talking about um, uh, private and public sectors, plus the needed digital acceleration that didn't really happen pre-pandemic. We all know that. Mm -hmm. And this is really the the jolt that we needed. So going back to your question, uh, who do we back as founders? Founders that are completely driven. um, If we we see their team as strong, Mm -hmm. they're, they're fast on their toes. And we see the value that they provide and have a vision that's completely can go through any walls. No? So that's, that's, that's helped out um, a lot of our decision-making process. We're not about um, the quantity. It's all about the quality, mainly because we're proving that the Philippine tech ecosystem is ready for more investments. Right. So that that's always been, the strategy that we have uh, that in order for us to gain confidence for our investors, we need to make sure that because most of them are still understanding what it, what a VC is funny story. Nobody understood what I was doing when I was sort of uh, like, I I, I transitioned out of waves for water until that Netflix Korean (laughs) series came out startup. And they would say, Yes. You're that guy. And I said, you are I guess. Mr. Good Boy. Oh, huh? there you go. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that, that helped. And because of that, um, it, it's, it's a bit easier. And, you know, mm. what's exciting uh, this time around, this is definitely the, the best time to look, look for founders because everyone level playing field, every, the pandemic level uh, made a leveler for everyone said, okay, we need yeah. to do this, right? And yeah, it's really exciting now, though. Absolutely. And again, I'll just share a little bit. Last week, um, I did a panel in Wild Digital. It's probably the biggest digital 
or digital. The biggest tech conference now that happens is in the region. So all the big boys are there. Um, I was lucky to have in the panel three three founders from startups that have raised Series B and above. So I've had Steve C of Great Deals, who again, I've said, if you're interested, just look back. There's Steve C, Hustle Share. E.R. Rolian, VC Deal of the Year. Again, Series B, led by, led by Wavemaker. And of course, the big boys. Uh, um, Kumu with Series C. I had Rexy, right? And the perspective of how people now see the Philippines, it's like, oh, okay, so there's action there. We're seen in a totally different light, right? And it's amazing because the, those, those are the guys that are trailblazing, but what I'm more excited uh, about is who's right behind and how long that line would be of amazing startup founders. From your perspective, um, Carlo, what changed? Because there was a big preconceived notion before that a lot of the Filipino startup founders as well were raw, greenhorns. You didn't have that ability to execute. Couldn't get product market, or not even product market, even the problem solution fit or even early traction. More so, even get like, I know, um, at least a decent uh, seed check. But what were the main factors that you saw that contributed to, to this movement of getting guys, at least in the past 12 months, when uh, this perspective? Last year, when I did Wild Digital, 12 months ago, there wasn't any Series B company that raced. Now, in one panel, I've got three. Like, how the fuck did that happen? But from your perspective, because you've been, again, spectating, you've been on the ground, you've seen it all. What were the biggest uh, factors that led to this? I'll go straight with the historical aspect. But before that, a uh, uh, very fun uh, factoid. Uh, the Gobi Core Philippine Fund has met 700 startups. Wow. 2017, uh, when the first Philippine startup uh, ecosystem report came out by, um, by PwC, supported by amazing partners like Kubo, yep. um, yeah, they estimated 500, and we surpassed that. Um, so wow. we're actually um, um, publishing our Philippine startup ecosystem report from the Gobi side. Ooh. as a local level to show what historically happened with Gen 1, Gen 2, Gen 3 types of startups right. over the past decade, right? Um, mm. But uh, what's, what's interesting is, to put it in a simple way, it really started out as, uh, think about snails. Yep. They have, uh, they're racing towards an uphill <laughs> battle. Yep. But then that uphill battle, it's all rocks. So it's oh, all God. jagged. Right. And it's it's, it's gonna rain and whatnot. <laughs> it's a cliff. It's a cliff. Uh -huh. Yeah. By the time they get up top, it's just gonna be a cliff itself. Right. So it's 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 very interesting. And as you know, the the history of um, um, the internet economy in the Philippines really started yep. with games. Yep. Level up games definitely started. Parts of it, Chica was Generation 1, um, among others. And then Gen 2 was your past startup. And, yep. you know, the Calibers, the Education, who's still here. And then we're, we're at the Gen 3. Uh, Gen 3, uh, we're actually moving past Gen 3. We're going to go Gen 4 soon. Wow. But Gen 3 is the Kumus, 
the groceries. The tier one, the tier one is almost Gen four, but they're actually at the edge of Gen three. Mm-hmm. But the Gen four is the post pandemic because it's going to be completely different. Exactly. And I, I think the going back to your question of what were the things that made things work not there's a lot mm. of profiles i could think about right that mm. one would be you know filipinos wanting to create their startup because media portrayed it as you're going to be your own boss and you can be a rock <laughs> yes the next mark zuckerberg that's what they wanted to be yeah so it that's unfortunately that's a double edged sword because the fundamentals weren't being built especially exactly. in the ecosystem mm-hmm. what was missing during that time was ecosystem support yes. and i think goab if they were ever going to come back they're going to be a hit nowadays right because the, now now's now's the time so yeah. that's that's one so the 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 pure filipinos that have seen that this could be an avenue for opportunity and everybody wants a good opportunity yep. so the first one the second one would be uh expats that see opportunity in the philippines that's how the lazadas came in Yeah. And the Rocket Internet Group, and you know, they've paved the way for most of the infrastructure to begin with, mm. right? So the expatriates. And then the last one is the mix of both. Filipinos that have studied or worked abroad, came back, saw the opportunity, and built solutions because they're, yep. they know it's rooted as part of a problem they know is part of the culture. Yeah. So sort of, but that's definitely changed during the pandemic and we could talk more about that later but it's it's right. a very interesting case because things are getting really fast mm. uh, this year alone surprisingly we've met over 100 startups that wow. wanted to raise um, and surprisingly the quality is way better now than ever before and multiple factors right government really pushing for TBIs technology business incubators Yep. There's more accelerators that accept Filipinos, mm-hmm. and there's also venture builders that have spun off from successful startups regionally and came to the Philippines, or Filipino executives that are partnering up with other um, startup founders. So, um, because there is the opportunity, and um, a lot of our regional neighbors see that 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 the Philippines is going to be uh, the next uh, the next great deal. Um, right. So yeah, it's 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 a very exciting time. No, I agree, and the, the energy is palpable. The results and the check sizes are getting again the the the, the funds and the uh, and all the action that I'm seeing. And I want to get a sneak peek, and I'll ask you for a little favor. You're talking about this uh, report that they're saying, and again, I know you'll be saying this in the Philippines sort of week, but for just for context, I want to understand, right? You know, um, so. How are we now doing compared to our peers, right? Because the Philippines, they always say like, yeah, the sick man of Asia. And there was at one point I remember that in one year we only had like I don't know one two percent of deals, the deal flow that happened. What? How are how are we now compared to where we were just a couple of years ago? Right, and this is definitely a podcast exclusive just for you, Ron. There you go. Thank uh, you. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 kind of um, we realized that. Uh, being seeing what's worked all around the region, it's very important that VCs play a key role, not just capital, but actually understanding where the opportunities 
lie and how the ecosystem can rely on that information. So this is really our love letter to the Philippine startup ecosystem and say, look guys, we've seen a lot. We'll share this to you and make of it as you may, but we are going in the right direction. So one of the things we saw, again, we've seen and met 700 startups already in the Philippines alone. Mm. Well, we saw, you know, we're the second largest uh, population in uh, ASEAN, but also in terms of like uh, funding uh, for the tech ecosystem. 2019 was very uh, awkward. Okay. Um, we only got uh, 2 to 3% uh, cumulative oh, uh, investments ever since. Um, Singapore takes the chunk and then Indonesia comes in second, uh, far second. But what we, what we saw now is, as you know, the culture here is very interesting is because uh, we love consuming everything, media, yep. food, experiences, everything. 90% uh, of our GDP is, is really consumption, is attributed to consumption. Correct. And that's really high. The closest second is Vietnam. Yeah. Right. So if we were going to look at that specific data alone, you realize, okay, there is a big opportunity and a growing opportunity since, you know, salaries are going uh, high and mm-hmm. the taste of, um, of consumers in terms of digital services and products have gotten really high. So, which is really interesting. Um, I guess and we can talk more about like what's happening, what's happening 2021 compared to the past four years in terms yes. of funding. But uh-huh. it's, it's, it's exciting to see why, right? And, and, and we can talk about the Iron Triangle and w- what made it work. Uh-huh. Surprisingly, um, from all the, I mean, with all these startups coming our way, and we, we've been very thankful about, you know, people come, come our way, is we, we always ask the question, why now? Why mm-hmm. now? Why not before? And where do you want to go? Right. And surprisingly, the, the, the responses are because we've created an MVP that's actually viable. Before, it was just an idea. And I, I think that's a very great indicator where the founders from the three profiles yep. have gotten a bit more mature in terms of where we need to go. And I mean, over time, it, it will happen. But the question was when, right? Unfortunately, right. it was a pandemic. But history shows that any type of crisis or pandemic has been an opportunity for uh, new change. Exactly. Especially for entrepreneurs. And one thing about us Filipinos, we're very resilient. So it's perfect time to thrive. Because you know, how many times do we get bamboozled by random natural disasters and we still always get back up? But I want to now deep dive. So... You mentioned, again, deal count. Pre-pandemic, and at least probably this year, or 2020, 2021. How drastic are, we talk, are these numbers like? So can, can you just at least illustrate that, that flow? Because you said 2019, awkward year. 2020, and then 2021. How many deals transpired exactly? And how big are these deals? Mm. Well, I, I can't... Uh, I, I... What, we're, what we get is based on the data we've accumulated. And it, I wouldn't say it's the end-all, be-all picture because yeah. that wouldn't be fair to the ecosystem. But what we can say is sure. this is what we've seen and this is a rough estimate or a, a solid estimate on where we are currently. 
Okay. So just to give you an idea, uh, 2017 to 2020, the total amounts of funds raised by startups was about around um, close to 900 million. So around eight, $877 million. Dollars. That was 2017, 2018, 2019, 2020. Four years. Four. Almost a billion dollars. But, yeah. but that's four, four, years. four hard years. Okay. Four hard years. Okay. I'm, um, I'm, I'm curious. 2021, what's that number now? Well, as of uh, as of uh, year to date, and this is going to be launched uh, November, no man, yeah. um, we're close to 900. And I wouldn't be surprised if we would hit the billion dollar mark before the year ends. 900 in one year. Are you fucking kidding me? That is crazy. And how, how many deals have you guys noticed happen now? Because again, in four years, it's just equivalent to one. Typically, when they say it, it's hockey sticks. The first stick is not the last stick. There's always yeah. going to be an uptick from a year after that and years after that as well. But yeah, how drastic were the deal, the deal flow, right? How many deals were we talking about now? Well, one, definitely a banner year. Um, first year we've ever recorded Series Bs. Yes. And... Technically speaking, um, we're we we're estimating around ten to fifteen uh, series piece of being raised right now. Yep. So and right now the announced ones are only what three four, right? right? And and then now we have a series C, which is Kumu. So okay. it's 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 changed the conversation because before when Philippines was seen as okay everything's early stage, now the question is. There's a series B and series C. The Philippines is at the growth stage, and that's growth equity and growth capital. So yes. it's a different ballgame. And uh, mind you, though, the most of the most of the um, funds raised from from this uh, number close to nine hundred million dollars, and probably would uh, exceed mm-hmm. uh, before the year ends. Uh, most of them are actually coming from. Uh, uh, the corporate-backed uh, um, startups, right? Which mm. is Paymaya and uh, Voyager Innovations yes. and Mint. Yeah, but there's a reason for that. And I guess we can talk about the Iron Triangle and why okay. that's been the crucial um, What is fact- the Iron the Triangle? The X factor, yeah. So the Iron Triangle is pretty much this, uh, uh, they're pretty much the pillars of how a digital economy will thrive. So if you fortify the iron triangle, the three pillars, then the the economy will rely on it. But also when you have the iron triangle, which consists of of e-commerce, fintech, finance, and logistics. Exactly. Right Right there. Uh Right there. And if, if you look at all the Series Bs and Series Cs, they're all iron triangle companies. But there's one thing. The Series C is not an iron triangle company, yeah. which is, again, blows my fucking mind away. What, what did Kumu do? And they're, they're not part of it. But again, they are piggybacking on that infra that was pre-built. Logistics, yes, of course, the, the ability to. But e-commerce and payments, especially fintech, Kumu cannot thrive. If all those gifts and diamonds and whatever the the red horse and the lechon, right, cannot be bought, 
that had to be built first because all of these recurring payments, whatever that might be, won't make sense if the infra was not there. So it totally makes sense. And can you just imagine how many startups are now thriving because those three pillars exist? Not just not just startups. The whole economy Correct. is still uh, standing because of this triangle. Right. Uh, to 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 give you uh for all the listeners that are listening to simplify it, okay. If we didn't have add to parts, we wouldn't know where we would be getting <laughs> our. Yeah. Right. Because we're in a pandemic, we can't go out. Yeah. So that's number one. Finance. If we were talking about the lolas and titas that call the shots in our household, yep. because they feel superstitious sometimes, um, because of cash, they think that. COVID can be transmitted there, they don't want to go to banks. So what yep. did they do? They forced themselves to learn how to use and cash in, cash out on e-wallets. What happens okay. next? They tell everyone to use that, right? And then, of course, logistics. Without logistics, there's really no way for us to deliver all these services. Nope. And the fact that we can send something to Sulu, we can send something to South Cotabato, to Batanes, yep. with all what's happening, at the, I mean, we're still at one of the highest in terms of um, shipping prices um, compared to the ASEAN six. But still, um, first, when you when you have that, you've completed what you need for a digital economy, and we're never gonna go back. That's we're we're used to it already, and I think that's the very interesting thing. So for Kumu, they are definitely um, uh, well rock stars, of course, but mm-hmm. um, really in terms of benefiting from the IR triangle. They're the first, they're the first yeah. to do so. And they also found a market that was completely untapped, which is really the Filipino culture at, at, at its best, right? Mm-hmm. But they won't be the last. Because now we have people or companies that are really focused on the iron triangle. E-commerce is still the, probably the highest in terms of funds being raised mm-hmm. outside of finance. We're, we're seeing that the next ones that will emerge as truly the next big investment opportunities wearing a a VC hat here would be coming out of outside of the iron triangles. This is where we see specialty shops. Um, Mm. You know, I mean, we're already seeing like the buy now, pay laters. Buy now, pay laters wouldn't work if the iron triangle wasn't there to begin with. Right. Also a shout out to government without the QR code and the ID systems. We wouldn't have an influx of more people having bank accounts before you need so many. Now you just need an ID. Yes, exactly. So things are happening. No, and that's exciting. Now let's pay my sponsors first real quick so I can keep doing this thing for a long time. Okay. (laughs) Let's talk about that more after the break. Hey, Hustlers, it's time to talk business once again, and we're excited to share a bit more info about our sponsors, Sprout Solutions. And again, just like what I said at the start of the episode, you should check out Sprout's Payroll Starter as you grow your own startup. Because this bundle that they have is literally what you need to take your startup to the next level as you grow your employees. And this bundle is your key to freedom, including payroll outsourcing to experts, a subscription to timekeeping and attendance software, and government compliance services. Sprout's Payroll Starter has you covered for payroll, BIR, SSS, and taxes. All the stuff that no founder loves to do. So let Sprout handle the busy work and say goodbye to lines and tax payment stress. All this for as low as 5,000 pesos. Again, that's just 5,000 pesos all in for your payroll and HR needs. 
So visit sprout.eh payroll-turner-monthly-5k Or again, just click the link in the description box of this episode To elevate your business management game And again, big thank you to Sprout Solutions Liberating your time for what truly matters Hey Hustlers, wish there was an easy way to open a bank account and grow your money without the hassle of lengthy application process and income documents? Well, I got good news because today's sponsor, Uno Digital Bank, is here to help you achieve your financial goals. You can easily open an account with the Uno app in just five minutes and one valid ID. And as one of the six digital banks licensed by the Banco Central ng Filipinas, the company is committed to providing customers with simpler, better, and more accessible banking. Last year, Uno Bank was recognized by the Asia Banking and Finance Awards and bagged the title Open Banking Initiative of the Year due to the success of its partnership with GCash, one of the Philippines' leading mobile wallet platforms. And with the Uno mobile app, you can access an hashtag UnoReady savings account and enjoy daily interest crediting. With their hashtag UnoEarn or hashtag UnoBoost time deposit accounts, you can enjoy a high interest rate of up to 6.5% per annum. Enjoy monthly payouts with hashtag UnoEarn and flexible tenors with hashtag UnoBoost. Other app features include pay bills, the Uno Virtual Debit MasterCard, life insurance, scan and pay with QRPH, and phones. And the one thing that I really love about Uno Digital Bank is they're open to collaborate with a lot of Filipino startups. I've had a chance to see the partnerships that they've had lined up with the startups that they have, and it's truly exciting to see how a digital bank like Uno can enable startups to unlock the power of fintech through digital banking. So if you're ready to elevate your banking experience, download the Uno mobile app today from the Google Play Store or App Store. Or if you want to collaborate with them, I'll be happy to give you an intro. Just shoot us an email at hello at huffleshare.com. Hey, Hustlers. I hope you're having a great 2024 so far. As you know, a lot of startups had a very challenging 2023, and hopefully things are going to do better this year for a lot of us. Not just because it's the year of the dragon, but also because our sponsor, Dragon Pay, is here to help your startups process payments in the most efficient way. Established in 2010, Dragon Pay empowers businesses of all sizes to accept and disperse payments through secure and convenient channels, giving your customers the flexibility to choose the payment method that suits them best. With over 85 partner channels, 35,000 partner branches nationwide, including QRPH, e-wallets, crypto, buy now, pay later, and many more. They also process an astonishing 15 million transactions processed globally each month. Dragon Pay is your trusted choice for online payments. And here's something to show you how legit Dragon Pay is. Dragon Pay was named FinTech of the Year at last year's Philippine FinTech Festival in 2020. So let's make 2024 extra prosperous for you and your startup in this year of the Dragon. For more details, head on over to dragonpay.ph. That's dragonpay.ph. Trust the pioneer, trust Dragon Pay. And we're back from the break. We are still with Carlo Delantar of Gobicore again, who's just completely blown us away. Oh my God, I didn't realize it was that big. And that's just in 12 months, guys. Imagine in the next 12 months, as the world hopefully opens up, I don't want another wave of lockdowns, my God. All right, um, opens up. Imagine how 
how that that uh, boom would be. And you have to ask yourself to start a founder. Where would you be? Are you going to be the outside looking in, or are you right being the thick of it and hustling your way for that for that thing? But I want to understand also. We said specialty shops. Aside from the Iron Triangle, what other sectors do you see or do you predict that would be thriving outside of those three? Um, yes, great question. So one of the things we can give away publicly, <laughs> definitely that's uh, all apparent is entertainment. Uh, uh-huh. And definitely you're, you're in that industry, Ron. Right? <laughs> uh-huh. What is that? Huh? A podcast? Okay. <laughs> There. And it, it and it's it, it the interesting thing about entertainment is yeah. the shift is drastic, right? Yeah. Um. To to give you an idea, I I still remember the first time blew my mind. I came back from from the states. Yeah. I I took a jeep because uh, I didn't have money at all to travel. LRT MRT jeep going yep. to Makati during that time. Yep. I was surprised. People were actually using had smartphones nobody was snatching anymore apparent yep. in jeeps jewelry mm-hmm. it's still there but then like smartphones anyone will text in the jeepney before that nobody would show their cell phones no nope. because the, the high chance of you uh, getting snatched is, is really <laughs> high but so that was that was my first oh this is very interesting that something's mm-hmm. changed the second part but very hazardous when i when when i realized this was the driver was playing farmville I fucking <laughs> oh wow while driving while driving while driving and also idling so of course when I saw it hey keep your eyes in the road right but after realizing that first thing said hold on what's happening here why are they playing Farmville why are people on Facebook the the habits have completely changed yeah. the millennials and Gen Z becoming you know uh, um, emerging as you know, fifty percent of the whole population globally. Yep, it's really created a wave of demand, a wave of supply as well. If you're a founder, mm-hmm. because we're seeing that the the changes have drastically uh, accelerated right now. Now, if you right. had something in, in the US, automatic can be published out here. So, software and hardware has been definitely interesting in that sense. Um. What I'm truly uh, excited, so that, that's one, right? So entertainment would be emerging outside of that. The second part, uh, which I feel like doesn't get too much credit, and I, I want to credit what they've done in the okay. Philippines, would be uh, crypto. Yes, um, the YGGs play yeah. to earn. Oh my God, the isko. That, that, that's what they call them now. <laughs> How many people are now getting by because of play to earn, because of their ability to earn and hustle their way while enjoying themselves. I mean, I, I heard that it's stressful when they when you keep losing and they keep keep taking L's. But still, it's better than you keep taking L's and you're you're not earning anything. But yeah, crypto NFTs play to earn. Shout out to IGG. First eight A16G investment. My goodness. Yep. What what do you see here in this this sector? Well, um uh, I, I I guess we'll we'll just have to acknowledge also that coins was a pseudo crypto blend right mm-hmm. e-wallet and crypto play but they made an exit and that's something we have to remember because um three four years ago um there there's always been a, a thriving blockchain uh scene in the philippines 
And because of that, that's why we have the YGGs. We have all these other startups that uh, have emerged. But it's also accelerated what it means to be, you know, with DeFi, with NFTs, yep. with trading. Um, there's a lot of things happening there. So I would say those are two strong emergence um, for the next two, three years. Um, outside of the usual uh, no, um, secondary plays that are coming out of the Iron Triangle. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if there are anything super different that's going to come out, mainly because it's really a blue ocean post-pandemic. But yes. a lot of startups are actually starting to go guns blazing. It's, the, yep. it's already starting. I mean, this is an indicator. This year, it's guns blazing. Next year, post-pandemic, hopefully, it's it's going to be a very interesting. It's going to be a busy time for me and, and all <laughs> our partners too. Yeah. But that's a good thing. And again, guys, at the end of the day, there, there's now money coming in. The attention that we've always said that is not uh, present. And again, I've said it in previous iterations. I think finally, we the 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 startup founders get it that in you can't just make startups just for the sake of the ambition should be rock solid, but it has to be within the circle of competence that you have. Right, because I've seen a lot of startup founders that you know do that, but uh, yeah, I just want to do it for Cebu. I'm like, okay, that's great, but dude, you want to be able to do that not just in Cebu in Manila, but across the whole ecosystem. And if there's one thing on a personal, uh, uh again, it's it's hella hard. 2021 is hella hard because this is the first time we've actually ever scaled overseas. That's rare for a Filipino startup. We're in Indonesia with 50 plus podcasts we're supporting now. I don't even know how we even do this, but man, it is possible. And I've never it been is. to Jakarta at all. And I know a little bit of Jakarta. They, they always think I'm Indonesian until I start to uh, think, ah, ha, what are you talking about? Right? But it is fucking possible. But I want to understand as well. Is the is the playing field level now when I'm, especially in terms of gender okay I still see a hell of, a hell of a lot of dudes out there but we now have the Kim Yells, you know um the Mikey B and Weva sorry they're complete competitors but we are seeing an uptick of fundable and formidable female founders we'll talk about that that progression as well startup Pinai versus what we have now has that changed or uh, is it still um you know, is the gap still big? Uh, it, it's definitely changed. Uh, 2015, uh, the ratio was uh, one is to five, one female to five male. That was 2015. And then slowly, uh, 2020, it's one, 1. 1.8. So technically, oh. we round up. That's one is to two. Okay. And when we say, when we say um, female to male startup founders, uh, maybe that, that could be female-led or co-founders because co-founders yeah. are considered equal. Right. And this, I mean, it, it just makes sense. We're a matriarchal country where, where, where we top high when it comes to female executives globally. And it's proven that uh, a company that's being ran by a female is wildly successful. Yep. And I think that's, that's also a good indicator because they will heavily contribute to the success of the Philippine ecosystem as well. And I think um, 
Filipinos at the end of the day, we don't see we don't see gender. We see everyone as 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 Filipinos, and I think that's that's what's really special about the Philippines. And we're super glad to just like when when we saw this when we were create we we there was no plan to create this report. Right, okay. the goal was just say okay, we have indicators, we have comparables, we know where it's going. We said we can't just keep this to ourselves. This is definitely something people should be happy about especially the government right mm-hmm. and uh, if anyone founders policy makers um, anyone even just a professional that wants to come jump in if you're looking for a sign this is it in this Absolutely. podcast episode this is the time we've been saying this for two dude i've been i, I i'm just about to realize in february i'm gonna be doing this this shit for three years now it's been a long time <laughs> And I've been saying that, dude, this is the fucking best time. This is the best fucking time. And now, if you're still at here and you haven't taken the jump, bro, what are you waiting for? You need to fucking take the jump because better things are ahead. But again, we talk, you keep talking about the better things. And you said deal flow. You've talked to 100 startups. For the past few years, you've talked to 700. But what we see is just the tip of the iceberg. There's still a shit ton of founders underwater. And that's what this podcast is for. This podcast is to help uplift those who are struggling, hustling, and still need help. What are the characteristics, or what are those? What are the things that are those startups underwater uh, that you see are have not yet broken through, but are on the cusp? Uh, you know, to, to to start doing. What do they need to start doing to get above water and now start thriving and, and be part of this fray? Because there's a lot of money, but you have to earn it. What are those things they need to do? That's a. It I could be really expansive, but if I had to put it in one word, it would be the fundamentals, or as they say, the basics, uh, the bare basics, right? How to manage money, okay. um, people management, running a business, whether just dealing with transactions. Yep. Um. Even if we're at the pace right now that anyone can start an e-commerce shop, sustaining it and managing it over a long period of time, dealing with a pandemic, dealing with you know, um, uh, you know failures, um, anything at all, that's something that you can you will only learn via experience. So where do you find these? You know, where do you learn fundamentals? I think. The whole Philippines has access to the internet. There's so many great um, um, information. I uh, like when I get asked to do you know mentoring. The first thing I said, go to YouTube, watch Slide Bean, and they have a really amazing uh, information and com- company forensics, how they failed, how they succeeded, but also how to create a pitch deck. They have templates for you to use. How to create a financial model. These are very important because. I think with all the all the reality shows that say go pitch to somebody and you're good, people forget that when you go for a pitch or even any game show, they filter out who's uh, yeah. actually worthy to to get the airtime, right? Correct. And so I think that's important. The second part is, um, I'm getting past. Sometimes we as VCs we get passive aggressive notes of. Uh, you're saying no just because you have money, you have the power. And I want to demystify that. Um, yeah. We also have to 
remember that I, for myself, I've, I would never think I would be in this position. I'm thankful for it. And I'm glad yeah. I'm here because it's a tool and it's a platform for me to do what I love. Right. But I realized that a lot of what we do doesn't really, it isn't being understood well. Right. Every, everybody thinks it's just go pitch and the money, the money will be provided. No, it's, it's, we serve a myriad of investors that rely on us to manage their capital for it right. to grow. So when you're, if you're a founder and you're talking to a, a VC, there are a few things you have to ask. The first one, how big is your check size? The second one, what fund is, uh, will you be allocating this if you were to consider? And how far are you already in this fund life? Because right. if they say five or seven years, they're already closing, then that means you're never going to get funding from that. You'll have to wait at the very beginning. So that's why, and I still remember this, Rod, when we announced that the Gobi Core Philippine Fund was launching in the Philippines, I remember you, you, you posted about it and said, funds, funds, funds. Yep. And that was that enthusiasm because anytime a fund launches, that's the best time to approach PC. Yes, exactly. And again, you have timing is important, but more than anything, more timing also. You got to back it up. Right. Um, more for, coming from a founder's perspective again, I'm always going to wear that hat. Right. Uh, aside from what Carlo said, don't make the same fucking mistakes we did. Right. I have three years worth of content. Now. I'm not, I didn't do this for the flex. I don't like, uh, to be honest, it takes up a lot of my time. I'd rather be fundraising right now and rather be fucking building product. But nobody was fucking documenting all these mistakes and all the things we did. Look at every single one that made it have actually raised funding, majority of them have guested here. Listen to what they did, how they did, where they fucked up, and apply it on your hustle. And here's what I did, and which is, again, um, warms my heart. I get so much feedback and say, hey, Ron, thank you so for, for guesting X and X or X and Y, because I was able to muster enough strength to actually reach out to them because I listened and I, got, I built a relationship. And that was what this podcast was for. And just like what you said, um, Carlo, it's, it's for the community. It's para sabayan, right? We have to chip in our own little way. Hopefully, down the road, I can also write my own checks. Because there's also now, one thing you, you don't know, especially for angel checks, there are now fun, uh, funders, I mean, founders, are who are now funders. They yep. they now write those checks. I was a beneficiary of one. Kum mm-hmm. wrote me a check, right, for my seed. And that was the biggest vote of confidence because they believe in what they do. And there was parallels on what we were doing in, our, in, 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 in their earlier path that we were trying to do. And that's what's important. Now, Carlo, I'll ask a couple more advice from you um, from, from that. Let's flip it to the... VC side of things again. We're yeah. all it's also a frenzy because at the end of the day, y'all want the VC deal of the year too. And not not all the startups are fundable, right? So y'all want to be part of that. What's your your what's your advice or what's your message to the international ecosystem? Because they're looking, and but again, some they 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 want they have to write those checks. What 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 would you advise? for those uh, international VCs to start looking and start cutting checks for the worthy Filipino startups. Right. Uh, 
before I answer that, Rod, uh, something uh, I also wanted to highlight from what you said. Um, so the, over the past few years, the amount of successful fundraisers in the, in the Philippines was hovering around 15 to 20% only. Wow. Um, and it will stay that way because um, one, um, definitely the viability of startups yeah. um, and also the competition. However, on the, on the flip side is it also helps correct the, the, the economy, the digital economy, right? Because yeah. you can also prove yourself. We've seen some amazing uh, startups that uh, did really well pre-pandemic, but during the pandemic, they had to slow down but actually bounce back higher. No. Right. So, and, and also uh, massive shout, shout out to, um, when you started uh, um, Hustle Share, the first five episodes, I, I binge listened to it. The first thing I said, uh, this is exactly what we need. And if there was any, um, if there was any content that anyone wanted to understand the Philippine startup ecosystem, uh, and this is real talk, Listen to us or share, because um, <laughs> because if 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 you think about it, the amount we media at the very beginning did not understand or appreciate nope. what the ecosystem was doing, mm-hmm. and this this is really that platform to do so. And now the credit is really because your contribution, everybody else's contribution, really pushed for like a lot of nuggets, right? Like. The startup, the 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 innovative startup app with with Carl was a really important one. Bringing Minette, bringing Franco, bringing the Kumus and and whatnot. We wouldn't hear this if we weren't even we we didn't meet in person. But the fact that you democratize that information, really, it's 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 really a goldmine. And sooner sooner or later, you'll have to do like best of the best. That yes. way, you sort of like unwrap everything. No, exactly. Season three. Yeah. I mean, year three. That's what I'm going to start doing. <laughs> throwbacks. And then similarities and hustles. But again, let me finish this fundraise first so that I can focus on the right <laughs> things at hand. But yeah, what would, what would be your um, message for the VCs looking into the Philippines now? Um, surprisingly, we've been in a very uh, interesting uh, um, convergence because... Um, a lot of VCs um, regionally actually meet up with us and wow. want to be sold with a Filipino narrative, like what's really happening in the Philippines. And of course, hesitant because they don't have office here. And that really gives us a lot of positioning because we've been here. We've been through the rough times. We've been through the good times. Mm-hmm. And also, we also have you know, that special value add of having Gobi and it's been such a great relationship. So all that involved, it creates this amazing um, uh, sort of a really great explosion of, of minds making it work. So uh, I guess for anyone listening, you know, whether you're an investor, angel investor, you're looking to look into the Philippines, um, it, come. It, it's, it's, it's about time. Uh, it's yes. so easy to, to create your own bank account now. So ease of doing business is really uh, is where it's at now, and it the laws are there. It's it's about implementation, but uh, it's about time. Um, startup venture fund is being announced um, yep. this startup week, and you know everybody's uh, doubling down, and we're not looking back. Um, so the question is, when are you coming in? Absolutely, that is real talk right there. And again, 
Carlo, thank you very much for such an amazing episode. I'm more invigorated now and wish everybody in the startup ecosystem congratulations. But there's so much work to be done. Don't be like, oh my God. And then we just petics. Nah, we hear the hustle. And again, the ones that actually figure it out, learn from other people's mistakes, and get product market fit wins the game. There's a lot of blue oceans. You gotta find out and carve out your niche. But before I let you go, Carlo, if they want to reach out and pitch it, they think they're worthy of, uh, you know, trying it out. Where do they reach out to you and how do they do that? I'm easily reachable. LinkedIn, Facebook, uh, anywhere. Please, not my personal number. Um, <laughs> too many too many spam texts now from a lot yes. of people. But um, you can reach out to us. Um, our website is corevc.ph, of course, gobi.vc. If you know, want to read our Philippine Startup Ecosystem Report, uh, it's widely available now on our website, and uh, we'll send links to to run. And of yep, course, you know, at the end of uh, at the end of the day, um, we're we're here to help. Um, I I can't say no to Filipino startups. Um, if I can help, uh, there's definitely a few more people that can definitely help. Uh, there's there's the, the amount of support now compared to when Ron started and the past generations. It's definitely oh, changed. Course. It's so easy. It's so easy now. So good luck. Easy, but you gotta earn it. I just have to gotta make sure that you understand that. All right. But before I let you go, follow whatever podcast app you're listening to, or Spotify, Apple Podcast, or any other podcast app you're listening to. And again, if we did say some jargon, and if you want to dig into the link or the report, it's gonna be the show notes on hustleshare.com. And if you also want to be part of the whole community of HustleShare listeners. It's going to be the HustleShare community on Facebook. Again, Carlo, thank you so much. Thank you so much, Ron. And uh, for the Philippines, let's do it. Absolutely. Para sabayan. And I'll see you guys in the next episode. Peace.